Welcome to Foster Carolinas, connecting the Carolinas to voices of foster care. L-O-T, the place I want to be. Come and sit down, have a foster chat with me. Welcome to Foster Carolinas, guys. And today in our studio, I'm sitting across from the wonderful Shonda Hibbs. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, How long have you been a foster parent? Um, It'll be six years in February. Mm. How many placements have you had? 54. 54 placements. That's a lot. Yeah. Um. You know, but we had availability for five right off the bat. And um, we always had five. Uh, Sometimes it was overnight. Sometimes it was, you know, for five and a half years. Um, You know, and now we have eight. That's awesome. So how do you prepare your heart for that? Because so many people, when I go out and speak about becoming a foster parent, the number one thing. I, can't, I get too attached and I don't know emotionally. I don't think I can handle it. So how do you and Mike do it? Um, well, you, you can't prepare your heart for it because if you're not getting attached to the child, then you're not doing it right because you should love this child like it is your own. Um, and then if the child gets reunified or gets moved, then you take some time to grieve that child and you know, celebrate the relationship that you build with them and pray for them and you continue if that's what you're called to do. So out of those 50 some kids, do you still see a lot of them or? Um, So we keep in contact with quite a few of them, actually. Uh, Two of them we keep in contact with because even though they aged out of the 18 to 21 program, they're siblings to two of our kiddos. Um, some of them we keep in contact with on purpose, you know, Facebook, email, text message, that kind of thing. Some of them we have actually <coughs> run into after they've left foster care and they're like, and, you know, reestablished a connection. Um, we actually had one of, uh, one of Zane's therapists had been through our house at one point and I was she was only there for a little while, but I was pretty sure it was her. And so I asked her, you know, one day cautiously and she's like, I knew that was you. And I'm like, okay. And so now we text back and forth. And Oh, so um, I think that's one thing that people don't see is that a lot of times you, you continue <clears throat> to have contact with these children, even if um, they don't live with you anymore. Yes. Um, which I think is just a beautiful part. Um, let's talk about reunification because, um, That is the number one goal when kids Mm -hmm. come into care is for unification. And I'm a strong believer that if a foster parent can't get behind reunification, then then it's not good for the child. It's just really not a good situation. So talk about how y'all have embraced reunification, what that looks like. Um, Well, part of embracing reunification and also shared parenting is being willing to talk to the kids about not only their situation, but about their parents, you know, Mm -hmm. if they want to talk about mom or dad or grandma or whomever, you talk about mom or dad or grandma or whoever. And if they are old enough to, you know, 
participate actively in a phone call. Then you talk to the social worker about, is this something that needs to go through the court? Are we, you know, or are we just able to make a phone call to grandma now and that now and then, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, it's being accepting of the fact that they might refer to you as Mr. Mike and Miss Shonda the entire time they're there. And even if they don't, if they start to refer to you as mom and dad, making sure that they continue to refer to their parents as mom and dad, you know, um, the more that you can keep them, the children aware of, you know, what bio family is doing, the easier a reunification transition is. Um, is there ever a time that maybe, well, first of all, let's go back and, sh and let's explain what shared parenting is. So, Cause some people don't understand that. Maybe they're thinking about being a foster parent, but if you've never heard that term, what is shared parent parenting? Uh, well, shared parenting um, is really just what it sounds like. It's sharing, sharing the parenting um, goals and the things that are done to achieve that with, in this case, the biological parents. Um, it's, you know, if you were going through custody with your spouse, it would be the same thing. You would want to do shared parenting to benefit the child, make sure that everybody's, you know, doing the same rules, doing the same routines, doing the same, you know, hair care routine, you know, all of that kind of stuff so that there's not a challenge for the kids mm -hmm. in knowing what's supposed to happen where, um, you know, part of the things that we do for shared parenting, um, you know, we send photos of kids to biological families, um, when we order school pictures, we give them copies of school pictures and give them the information to order some of their own if they want. We discuss, um, you know, hey, so-and-so wants to get a haircut. What do you think the hair should look like? You know, do you not want them to get a haircut? Is there a specific barber that you like to use? Um, you know, or, hey, here's the report card. We think they did really great. We wanted to make sure that you saw it. Or if they, you know, are having a problem, this is what's going on. This is the steps that we are taking to, you know, help this behavior cease, this attitude cease. Did you ever experience this? How did you handle it? You know, just it's all about keeping communication open and available. Is there a time where shared parenting didn't work real well? Yes. Um, and in most cases, it is not until um, the children have been in care for uh, usually about six months, um, because then you're not necessarily the person who's helping out. You are, there's a possibility that you're seen as a threat um, because the children have grown attached to you in that time. And you know, um, and every case is different. Some parents, you know, never get that way. Um, but all you can do is 
continue to be the adult in this situation Mm -hmm. and pass off the information that you have in hopes that it's received well, because it's all about benefiting the children. Absolutely. And that's what it sounds like. What I hear you say is it's all about the kids. And if you can remember, it's all about the kids. Sheer parenting is scary to parents. Yes. But it's what has to happen and needs to happen for the kids. Yeah. It's what's in the best interest of the kids. And DSS, your social worker, if it's a dangerous situation, they're not going to ask you to do shared parenting with someone that's dangerous. Exactly. Nine times out of 10, these biological parents are not dangerous. They're just need a little help. Yes. So, um, so we are excited, um, to have you here today to talk about your foster parenting journey. And we're going to talk about that for a few more minutes. And then we're going to talk about Christmas. I'm so excited about Christmas. And I feel like you have one of the best Christmas stories ever, um, about how Lisa, these was able to serve you. But, um, what are some other things that you would talk to people about that are thinking about being a foster parent? Um, any tips that you've learned? Um, did, did you change from when you first started to now? Like I know when I look back at when I started foster parenting and I just wanted to adopt. I just wanted to adopt and I wanted to adopt a boy. And that was really not helpful. <laughs> it's not helpful because the first baby boy that comes through your door, you've just decided they are yours. Right. And if you do that, it's, oh man, it just makes life so much harder for the kid and really, I didn't see it that way then. But um, so are there, is there anything that's changed for you or you see things differently now? Or um, So when we first started, we uh, we actually had no intention of adopting. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. That's a funny story. Um, God clearly had very different plans for us. But, you know, we we were empty nesters where we thought we would be great, you know, mentors slash aunt uncle figures for these kiddos. You know, um, we also, you know, mistakenly assumed that all of the children who come into foster care have been, you know, experienced some sort of horrible, you know, abuse, home life. And, um, while that is true in some cases, it's also far from the truth. In some cases, you know, they're in foster care because of numerous different reasons. Um, perhaps one of the funniest things that has changed is uh, we were very anti-toy gun at my house. I'm like, no. <laughs> yes. Uh, and now I have seven boys and uh, we have a Nerf gun arsenal. Um <laughs> Because, you know, we were very anti-toy gun, but then, uh, you know, our 11-year-old built a toy gun out of Legos. And then the three-year-old um, decided that he was going to uh, use a banana. as a, Like, it doesn't matter if you are not going to buy them because they're going to, you know, play cops and robbers or cowboys or whatever. And they're going to make a gun out of a stick if they need to because <laughs> that's what boys do. Um, so we're, we're not as much anti toy gun anymore because it was worthless. Um, we adapted our rules, you know, the, the rules are not don't point guns at people, you know, the rules are don't point toy guns at people's head and do not fire your Nerf gun at someone who does not have the ability to defend themselves with their Nerf gun. Like you cannot engage in a Nerf war 
if the other person's not willing. I like that rule. Um, same with sword fighting. You cannot start sword fighting if there are not two swords involved. <laughs> um, That's just you being a bully. Yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, we clean up after yourself is our biggest rule. Um, but, you know, you adapt with that. It's okay. This is your space in your room and you are 13 years old or 15 years old or 17 years old. And I'm just going to close the door because I don't want to see it. If this space, which is our common space where everybody lives every single day, if your stuff is not down there where it's not supposed to be, I will close the door to this other room and just not look. Um, you know, that would be so hard for me. I'm kind of a clean freak when it comes to oh, that. I am. I am. Um, I'm not going to lie. I did at one point because the teenage boys are disgusting. It starts to smell. It starts to smell. It's terrible. And, you know, they're not supposed to take food upstairs. So I found food in their room. So um, I, I drilled a hole in one of the floorboards or in one of the baseboards. Uh-huh. And I just like left the shavings there. And then I added some black rice to it. And I convinced them that because they'd taken food upstairs that we had a mouse. <laughs> Their room was clean for like three weeks because I we needed to get rid of that mouse. <laughs> it was totally non-existent. But, um, you know, you do what you have to do. You do what you have to do. Sometimes so. I just go in there and be like, I'm just going to clean it up for you. Which is probably not the best thing to do, but sometimes you just got to do what you got to do for your insanity. Well, and I also have like a detailed list because numerous of my children have ADHD. So it's like, first you do this, then you do this. So if they get lost, if they get distracted, they can be like, oh, I remember doing that. So I need to start here. And at the bottom of it says, you always have the option to take the Shonda. But that means that I get free reign and you don't get any say in what stays or goes. <laughs> no one has taken the Shonda yet. Nobody has taken the I Shonda. I so want someone to take the Shonda. I'll take the Shonda. Come to my house. <laughs> Get rid of it. You're, my my kids will tell you if I don't I don't keep junk. They'll be like, Mom probably threw it away. Whatever it is, I have probably thrown it away. Whatever <laughs> it is they're looking for. But anyway, that's awesome. Well. We're going to join you next week for part two, where we're going to talk more about how Lisa Visa served you, but specifically and particularly Christmas. So we'll have you back next week. Thanks for joining us today for Foster Carolinas. Were you inspired by something you heard today? Well, we want to encourage you to make the next step, whatever that is. Everyone can do something for children in foster care. If you're not sure where to start, go to our website at www.lotcarolinas.com and see what you can do.